1: It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. The New York Times has named Arden one of their top ten hosts. And just this year, the Dog Writers Association of America has given this show, Four Legged Life, its top radio award. Arden is driven to live her motto bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's four-legged life. <laughs> and we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet online at tevrapet.com. That's T E V R A pet.com. And by Dog TV, the first channel created to bring relaxing video and music for dogs. Online at DogTV.com. That's DogTV.com.
2: Pause up, pet pals? Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Live Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. On our show today, we are talking with two presidents, Dr. Lori Teller of the American Veterinary Medical Association and Lynn Thompson, president of the Cat Writers Association. First up, are you ready for a road trip with your canine pal or maybe uh, a dining date at a pet-friendly restaurant? Well, you're in luck. That's because our special guest today is a real top dog expert. Please welcome to our show the president of the American Veterinary Medical Association, Dr. Lori
0: Teller. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lori. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. Well, strap yourselves in, guys. <laughs> we're really honored
2: to have you on the show. I understand this ABMA has been around since 1863. We're talking Abe Lincoln days, and I really don't know, Dr. Lori, what that would be in dog years. You'd be a dinosaur for sure. <laughs> a doggy dinosaur. Okay. Exactly. We could yap with you all day about so many things, but we're going to be focusing on three areas and I think the folks tuning in are really going to appreciate your insights and and that and that's about taking a dog to a hotel that's about hey My dog wants to dine with me at an outdoor eatery and also a topic near and dear to you, an emerging field of veterinary medicine, and that is telehealth medicine. What do you think? This sounds like a Jeopardy lineup of categories. What do you think?
0: I love Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy. So let's do it. I do too.
2: I have a long night shirt that's got Alex Trebek on it. And it says, and the answer is? (laughs) That's adorable. I just told everybody what I wore to go to sleep at night. Oh, That's that's all right. All right. So before we plunge in, it's a big deal to be the president of the AVMA. How long have you been a veterinarian? And and tell people a little bit about
0: why did you want to become a veterinarian? I have been a veterinarian since 1990, so a very long time. Uh, okay. I am also one of those classic little girls who wanted to be a veterinarian since I was about five. And so when I was 12, I started hanging out with our family veterinarian. And when I was 16... I got an official after-school job working there, and oh. I went back to that practice after I graduated from vet school and worked there until a few years ago when I joined the faculty at Texas A&M. Stay, come, all of those kinds of things. Bring me a latte. Well, yeah. Yeah, I- yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Hold my beer, whatever it takes. <laughs> so you but- do want... That's that's really important that they have some level of, of basic obedience that they walk on a leash without trying to either pull you down or jump on the person standing with you in line to, to check in. So th- that's key. And then you also brought up welcoming hotel. So yeah. when you're traveling with your pet, you need to plan ahead and know that the yes. places that you're going to stay, whether it's a hotel or a family or friend's home, that your pet will be also welcome to stay there.
2: Well, I have to tell you, we recently took a road trip from Dallas to Omaha, Nebraska, because we were invited to teach, ready for this, 80 people in Pet First Aid. And we have a veterinary approved program, Pet First Aid for You. I did not teach 80 people in one day. It was over several days. And I was looking in for a Airbnb. And yes. I really had to uh, showcase Kona and Casey's uh resume if you will to the owner and the good news is she wrote that I left the place better than she left it for us and this was the first time she ever had a cat guest and like the second dog guest and we created a nice atmosphere and of course I gave her my book the dog behavior answer book because she has a, a dog But I'm just saying we do need to put in a little more effort, right, to be able to win over a hotel or even an Airbnb or VRBO or A I A I O, whatever they're calling (laughs) that. Have you ever taken, I think you said you had Tucker and Gracie, your cool dogs? Yes, I do. And we have to a
0: vacay on a hotel anywhere? They have. We traveled with them from Houston to Colorado. So of course we had to stop in a hotel en route. And then we were staying at a hotel in Colorado. And my dogs have been through obedience training. I can trust them to sit, to stay, to come when called, all of those nice. things. And so of course they were big hits with with the people, the hotel staff. All the guests wanted to come and pet them and <laughs> miss their dogs at home. So wanted to get their doggy cuddles in as well. And it really makes a difference. They are Labrador retrievers. Okay. So, you
2: know, Dr. Marty Becker, he says labs chew to their two and shed till they're dead. Is that correct?
0: It's yes. <laughs> so very important when you're traveling with your pet to have your own doggy luggage. Bring your dog's favorite <laughs> bed. Make sure you bring your dog's food. You don't want to switch foods and end up with a dog with vomiting and diarrhea while you're on the road. Bring your dog, of course, leash and collar. And definitely bring favorite toys, new toys, long-lasting treats. So when you are on your vacation and maybe you want to step out and go out pet-free, I don't know who would want to do that. But if you do, that your pet will be content in the hotel room and not start barking or scratching at the doors or destroying the hotel room.
2: Yeah, yeah. We'll leave that to rock stars. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, you know, I always, I, I laugh, I don't know about you, but I seem to have to pack more when I'm bringing my dog Kona and my cat Casey than I do when I'm just, you know, my own stuff proportionately. Because Kona has a bed, Kona has a blanket for the the, the other bed, you know, she's going to be on the bed with me, so we right. have a thing we put on top. They have all their things, but the one thing I always do, and maybe you, you're a veterinarian, you can address it. I don't want to take any chances, so I always bring plenty of bottled water. Can you address the medical uh-oh if
0: a dog uh, on, on a trip is uh, drinking some water that's a different source? I think that it's always good, especially if you're driving, to definitely have bottled water, particularly while you're in route. Drinking water where you're going probably is going to depend on the safety of the water where you are. So if it's safe for you to drink, then it's probably going to be safe for your pet to drink. But okay. if there if there's any question about the water quality, then ideally you would bring along some bottled water as well. Well, let's get yucky. What happens if they drink water that's not good for them? Come on, let's get into it. It, it can oh. definitely make them sick. We <laughs> and this so not only the water that may be provided where you're staying. But of course, dogs and some cats like to explore and they'll start drinking from puddles, rivers, streams, the beach. And all of those can definitely make our pets sick. There are some areas where Giardia, which is a a parasite, is endemic in rivers and streams and lakes. And if your dog or cat drinks from that, they are very likely to end up with a nasty bug that causes really foul gas and can also cause incredible diarrhea, and it's hard to get rid of if your pet gets this. There, there is well, a call it inc- incredible diarrhea. I'm sitting up and taking notice. <laughs> a really big thing. It, it, it is nasty. <laughs> I, let's just say that it's really nasty, and it is the the risk is low, but it is potentially contagious to humans too. So, so no reason to to even want to go down that road. Of course, salt water from the ocean, if dogs drink too much of that, that can cause extreme oh. illness, leading to seizures and death. So even if your dog loves to play in the in the ocean, my dogs do. Do not let them drink it. Give them fresh water to drink.
2: We're speaking with Dr. Lori Teller. She is the president of the American Veterinary Medical Association. She hinted at what our next topic will be, which is dining with dogs. We're going to plunge into that after we take this break. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm with the prez. Yeah, the president of the American Veterinary Medical Association, Dr. Lori Teller. You can feel her compassion for dogs and cats and other critters. And I have to say it, bone appetit. Let's talk about (laughs) it. I lived in Oceanside, California for a number of years and actually had two dogs, Chipper and Cleo. And we were part of the original SoCal Surf Dogs. It's very embarrassing, Dr. Lori, when your two dogs surf better than you, but they did. <laughs> but we would rinse them out and everything. And there were all these patios along an o- Oceanside Harbor where well-mannered dogs were welcome. But I remember when I would go, they're on harnesses and I have their little water bowls and all that. I would always try to pick a corner mm-hmm. or something away from the- right at the entrance. And so I guess in the military, I, I got my six covered can you talk about scoping out if you have a well-mannered dog where you should sit
0: I completely agree with you when when we take our dogs with SD we want to be in a corner or a place where there's less traffic going yeah. through the restaurant so that that is perfect advice. For dog owners, and of course, you want to know that the restaurant accepts dogs, right? So call ahead, yeah. and make sure that your pet <laughs> is going to be welcome um, at the restaurant. Oh, but then, Tucker,
2: Tucker, your table's ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Put the reservation under Tucker. I should. That's a great idea. I think I'm going to do that next time. Yeah, have him wear a bow tie. Okay. <laughs> of course, of course. He's very, he's very much the gentleman. So scoping out a quiet place. Of course, back to your dog should be well mannered, leash trained, willing to sit or lie down at your feet while you were eating. But you definitely don't need a table surfer at the restaurant. So and make we, sure and we want to make sure we enunciate that. Dr. Laurie said table surfer.
2: She would say <laughs> table server. Can you define? Because I think yes. people need to know.
0: Yes, if, if your dog is prone to snatching food off of the table, this is not a good dog to take to a restaurant for dining. Whether that's off of your own plate, your companion's plate, or the tables next to you plate, you, you definitely need a dog that can sit. Uh, and you can even take a treat with you when you take your dog. So if you have a, a long-lasting chewed toy, bone, something like that, that is your dog's favorite and you know it will last a while, perfect time to give that is when your food comes to. And then your dog is distracted and happy and will sit there calmly. Again, make sure your dog is leash trained. The last thing you need to do is for your dog to trip a waiter or to trip one of the other guests in the restaurant too.
2: Now, speaking of leashes, I'm a big fan of making sure they're not those zip retractables. And I keep them on a short lead, like four, six feet, but it's tethered to the bottom of my chair and mm-hmm. I'm I'm no twiggy, so they're not going to move. Um, what do you do when you have two of them? How do you do the
0: leash and still be able to use your hands to eat your own food? So I, I agree with you completely on those flexi extendable leashes. They're the bane okay. of my existence. Yes. I wish so, they were banned. So many things happen. I mean, a jogger
2: crosses in front of you and a dog doesn't see the wire and slashes their slashes their calf muscle. I oh, yeah. Somebody that popped a tooth out because that clunky thing hit them in the mouth. Yes. Yes. And and you're not walking your dog. I'm going to say this. you would probably never be back on my show again. But I'm like, your dog thinks you're their bitch now because <laughs> they're so far out. You're just yes. picking up
0: their poop. There's yep. no walking with your dog. No, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, and I know of a dog that got loose. Um, the owner lost the grip on that and so the dog is running and that leash is bouncing behind it and the dog is petrified because oh. it thinks some, something was chasing it and it oh, took no. for that owner to to catch that dog so yeah I, I very much agree when you're walking your dog use a shorter leash and definitely when you're in a restaurant a four to six foot Lead is, is the most appropriate, and you can wrap it around the chair leg. If it's a really super dog friendly restaurant, they may even have a hook on the table or oh. chair that you can you like hook women it
2: on for the bars with our purchase Yes, now dogs yes. have
0: hooks at tables. Yes, at that that's progress. <laughs> yeah, so there's something there. Of course, if you're sitting along an edge where there's wrought iron, and you can wrap the the leash around that, anything like that would be appropriate. The last thing you want to do is like have to be holding the leash with your hand in one hand and and trying to cut up your food to eat whatever it is that you've ordered. So you can't um, have a merlot and a mutt. No, no, (laughs) you have one or the other. Right.
2: So, yeah. It also sounds like you're really trying to be considerate. I always leave a, a good tip. I mean, more than normal. I, I don't know what you do. You don't have to confess, but I, I want
0: to come back. <laughs> I, I do too. I want my dog to be well-behaved and welcomed. And I, we do, we'll certainly leave a big tip. You know, really dog-friendly restaurants will bring a, a, a bowl of water out for your dog. And even the, the best mannered dogs ha- have most likely left some dog hair or drool behind. And so somebody's cleaning that up as well. I've had some dates like that before I got married
2: yeah I understand I got gotcha. you yeah also I time it what about you is there when should you when you're first doing this when's a good time of day to take a, a,
0: a nice mannered dog but still a dog to a uh, patio when you are if this is your first or second time out with your pet go at an off time so either a really late lunch or an early early dinner things will be quieter, the restaurant won't be full. You can see how your dog reacts to the environment. And also you can see how the wait staff in the restaurant reacts to having a dog there. Some restaurants that say they are dog friendly may not be quite as dog friendly as others. So it's a great way for you to judge your dog's behavior and also how welcoming the restaurant is to your dog being present.
2: Now, I know you're not the dear Ann Landers of the dog etiquette world, but what do you do in a situation where you have a well-mannered dog and these people pop in with a dog on a zip
0: lead and the dog comes flying over to your table? Any, any tips? Well, first I would nicely ask the, the dog owner to remove their, their dog from my dog's face. But if, if that doesn't work, then I will talk to my, to our waiter or to the, the restaurant manager and, I don't need a bad dog ruining it for those of yeah. us who have well-mannered dogs. And so I'd rather that be dealt with early on.
2: Yes, little canine etiquette. Hey, I'm, I'm so delighted we have Dr. Lori Teller. She's the president of the American Veterinary Medical Association on our show. That's pretty rocking. Well, any parting message you want to tell our listeners, we've got zillions tuning in all over the world.
0: And I love that there are so many people that love their pets. So do right by your pets, get regular veterinary exams, make sure they're vaccinated appropriately. Oh, and that goes back to the travel. So Lyme disease isn't a big problem for us in Texas, right? But if you are traveling to new England, you may want to talk to your veterinarian before you go about the Lyme vaccine, Uh, but wherever you're going, uh, especially if it's not nearby, find out if there's different preventions or vaccines that your pets should be on as well. Otherwise, Stay healthy, give your pet lots of cuddles, lots of exercise, and definitely keep working on the training and having a well-mannered pet.
2: I love it. Hey, everybody. We have so enjoyed having Dr. Lori Teller of the American Veterinary Medical Association on our show. We got some great tips on how to travel, stay at hotels, dine with them, and a little more insight into the world of veterinary telehealth medicine after we take this break. We're going to speak with Lynn Thompson, president of the Cat Writers Association. So sit and purr. We'll be right back.
1: This is Arden Moore's Four Legged Life. Pets, they're incredible. And I'll bet you your pet is the most incredible. Yeah? So why not tell us about it? Or better yet, show us. Our email address is fllpetpals at gmail.com. Who knows? Maybe your incredible pet will become the next four-legged life sensation. Remember, fllpetpals at gmail.com. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Were you hanging out right here while we were gone waiting for us to get back? (laughs) I knew you would.
2: Welcome back to the Four-Legged Live Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We have a president on our show, and we're not kidding around. Our guest is also an award-winning author and go-to person for business advice. Please welcome to our show the president of the Cat Writers Association, Lynn Thompson. She wears many titles in the world of cats and business. I think that's so, what a great marriage, don't you think? I think you're doubly blessed to have a business mind and also an appreciation for the gifts that cats give us.
3: Yeah, it's to me. It was a a logical connection to make, and I was really surprised when I started researching my book that nobody had ever done that before. And it just made (laughs) sense to me, I guess, because I was so immersed in the cat world when I ran the site that um, I, I really, it it just, it all sort of came together in my head.
2: So, how do you juggle time? Because we climbed (laughs) out of COVID and uh, we we're all sitting in our pajamas watching Netflix, binging, I'm sure, and we now have to shower and be presentable. So what are what's happening with your life? How did you make that pivot from coming out of COVID and taking on the presidency of the cat writers as they approach their 30th anniversary?
3: Well, I already work from home, so I was kind of halfway there anyway. COVID okay. wasn't that big of a change for me. It, it did uh, take away a lot of the in-person events, and that's something that I miss a lot. Because uh, mm-hmm. especially when you work as a solopreneur, I think everybody discovered this during COVID. You get lonely. You know, you, you can talk to people on Zoom all day, but you, you occasionally need to interact with real people in real time. So I, I started trying to go to more local events again, like I used to. I was on the the board of the Beaches Division of the Jacksonville Chamber for many years. And so I just I really missed those those events and started trying to go to more of those. I would really love to take the cat riders back to having live conferences. And that's kind of my goal for 2024 is oh, to cool. get more enough sponsors interested that we can go back to having a live conference again. It just There's so much more to it. You know, you get to network with other people more. You get to meet some of our sponsors that are there. And it's just so, so much more rewarding to go to a a live conference than a virtual one. We can still learn in the virtual ones. But
2: yeah. Speaking of that, you and I got to see each other in person. We're using that theme the whole time. (laughs) I'm sorry. At the Global Pet Expo in Orlando earlier this year. And didn't you feel like, oh, my gosh, I, you know, I didn't know Arden was that short. I mean, I'm just teasing. But I mean, what did you feel when you got to walk the seven football lengths of the Global Pet Expo, the largest pet product showcase, I think, on the planet? But how, you were there as the
3: president of Cat Riders. Yes. Tell us about that experience. Well, and it was very different than when I used to go to find suppliers for my e-com site. You know, I, I had yeah, been to yeah. Global many wow. times. <laughs> but it, it was very different to walk around this time I was more in a in a journalistic role kind of I was interviewing a lot of our sponsors and a lot of other people who were there about their new products and about their companies. And so this is, was just another way for us to touch base with our sponsors and help give them a little more publicity for their sponsorship. So I've been doing sponsor spotlight videos from that based on the interviews that I did there and running those on our YouTube channel. So that's something new that we have this year that hopefully is giving them a little bit more promotion in exchange for their sponsorship and, and giving them a, a reason to continue sponsoring us in the future.
2: So what was something that caught your eye there either a person a product
3: what was that made you say me wow oh gosh so so many things i mean it's it, i i've written two blog posts now about it for the CW blog the second one's going to run in july and it, it's it's so hard to get everything in there. I mean, I could write four or five blog posts about it. You were there, you know, there were yeah, so many yeah. things. The the one thing that, that really I thought was very interesting that was a new product was a, it was a Korean company had a product there that is a, it's like a little round thing that the cat gets on and within like 10 seconds, it assesses the cat's body composition so they can check things like their water content and their, their, their bone density, all this in just 10 seconds on this little thing. And it's, it's got a little light that comes on to attract the cat. You know, cats like to get into things, into, into boxes cute. or bags or any kind of defined area. So that attracts the cat to there. And there's a little food dish that can keep them there long enough for it to assess everything. And I thought that was fascinating. They said that wow. they, they've been marketing it mainly to veterinarians. So people are using this to assess the 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 health of a cat basically by their body composition
2: so what you're saying is kitty you've come a long way and what (laughs) do you think because you've been a cat lover all your life and now you're the president of the cat writers association what's and as a business person give us the bottom line if you will for the what's what's happening for cats maybe in the next five years What, what do you forecast
3: well, it, I think I forget who said it at, at global, but we were talking with several of the other cat people who were there and they said, you know, it, everybody loves dogs and dogs are, dogs are great, but cats are sexy <laughs> and cats are cool, you know, and, and cats are, are where it's at moving forward. You know, it's everybody loves dogs and dogs are nice, but it, it, the cats, are where there are a lot of opportunities. I see opportunities for companies to move in with new products for cats to, to fulfill needs that are only now really being explored. There's a lot of right. health opportunities that research is ongoing for, and I, yeah, I see got, lots um, of opportunity there.
2: Animal Biome, Animal Biome, that booth, and yes. what they're doing with cat poop studies yeah. to help the overall health. I know we snicker when we say cat poop, but really, there's a lot of uh, good information in that litter box right. that
3: is helping cats' health, right? Right, right. And, and you know, so many products now are coming out now with the litter that changes colors to indicate different health problems. And just, just so many ways technology is coming in to the cat world where it may have been in the dog world for several years. But now the cats are finally starting to get that attention that they've always deserved. And we're realizing that cats are not just like dogs and they're not little dogs. They're, they're very different. They're a totally different species. They have different ways of communicating and different health issues and, and different needs that we need to provide for. So I, I see so much opportunity out there for companies coming in to, to the cat space and, and expanding their offerings or, or getting in for the first time. And, and I, I hope that they take advantage of those opportunities and make those products available to people.
2: Hey, everybody. We're uh, we're talking with Lynn Thompson. She's a business marketing expert and, of course, the president of the Cat Writers Association. We're going to speak with her more after we take this break. So sit and purr. We'll be right back.
1: This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And now, you never have to miss not even one second of any episode. Why? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. (laughs) Bringing out the best in pets and their people, this is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us this week. We appreciate it. And uh, while I got you, do you think you could, uh, little belly scratch? Oh, oh, yeah, that's it.
2: Welcome back to the Four Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm having a great time with a great friend, and that is Lynn Thompson, president of the Cat Writers Association. Well, I'm... Floored by adventure cats. Are any of your cats willing yes. to be in a cat backpack or ride a paddleboard? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you know, I have a stroller for, for the boys. When we lived at the beach, I used to take them down to the beach in their stroller and they, they would enjoy it sometimes and, and other times they really weren't into it. So <laughs> it just depends. Um, the captain will walk on a harness and leash. He, he would do that. And I even had, you know, doggles used to make some, some little sunglasses that would work oh, for cats. Yeah. I don't think they make that particular style anymore. But he, you know, I went to put those on him and he was a little little taken aback at first, but then he realized, oh, I can see better outside with these on and he loved them. And I walked him all the way around the house once on his leash and harness with his sunglasses on and took pictures. I have a picture of him in that outfit and he just looks so cool. I can see him going, I wear my
2: sunglasses in the house. Meow, meow, meow. There you go. You got a song. Well, you do help people. You do help cats. And one thing I love about you is that you like to give back. And, you know, you're an author, an editor. You, you help people with marketing. And yeah. I want to make sure people know to go to thompsonwriting.com. But you have a thing called Pick your pick Her Brain Session, and that sounds like something <laughs> from The Walking Dead. What's
3: going on there? What is that? Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times I would have people like, oh, can I just pick your brain for a minute? And, you know, an hour and a half later, <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to do time's work, and, and they're just getting my advice for free. So I decided, why am I not charging for this? Another entrepreneur gave me the idea because he had the same thing happening with him. So I, I put that on my website. It's not like I sell a lot of them, but it lets people know that, hey, my expertise was gained over a lot of years and, and I've invested a lot in it. And it you need to invest something with me in order to get that expertise. I don't necessarily like, give it away for free. No, but I mean, you have an
2: expertise in marketing and business. I mean, what were you, did you grow up in Florida or what how did how was young Lynn Thompson shaping <laughs> who
3: you are today? Oh gosh, young Lynn was terribly asthmatic and terribly allergic Aww. to cats actually. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and and still am allergic to cats. So if luckily they make better drugs for that now than they <laughs> used to, so I can be around cats and I can actually live with cats now. But the captain's starting to come in here. He may be up on the chair before we're done. That's all right. That's uh, all right. That's all yeah. right. Yeah. But, yeah. Tell us so, about Yeah. So Could I, I couldn't even be around motivated. cats as a child. I, I had to just stay away from them completely. I grew up with dogs. So that that probably shaped me some, but I majored in marketing because I, I discovered in my late fifties I, that I have an ADHD brain, which I never knew, but I have been making adjustments for my whole life. And when I wow. looked back over those years, I was like, oh my God, how did I not know this before now? My first grade teacher wrote on my report card, Lynn has trouble finishing things. Gee, Yet think? <laughs> so so, so yes. I
2: didn't know that.
3: Yeah. So, sure? so after going through probably most of the majors they had at the University of Florida, I settled on marketing because that seemed more versatile and I could do whatever with it. And I had no idea what I wanted to do at, at college age. So it was probably when I was leaving the corporate world in my mid forties that I looked back over my corporate career and said, what have I done that has been enjoyable to me and has gained me acclaim and it all came back to writing um if i was in a job that didn't have writing as a part of the the job description i would change the job in order to make it a part of that so mm-hmm. writing was for me what what was my outlet it was my creative outlet it was my way to to make myself known and and gain acclaim for what i did you know it was my my creativity coming out Yeah, I have a cat cat mustache.
2: (laughs) Yeah. What is that called? The captain is doing what to your face? He's giving me a cat
3: mustache.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's a talented tale. So on your site, you also say we help you tell and sell your story. Mm -hmm. So tell us about, we got a couple minutes left. What's what's some things that you can do to help somebody that may want to publish a book or some other format?
3: Well, whenever I edit a book manuscript for somebody, my book editing package includes a coaching program on building your book marketing plan. So while yeah. I am editing the, the author's manuscript, I put the author to work doing the research they have to do to write their book marketing plan. And each week we meet for a few minutes by Zoom to go over what they learned and give them the next week's assignment. Mm-hmm. And over the by the time I finish the developmental edit on their manuscript they have a written book marketing plan, and it may change how they finish writing that book manuscript. So they have yeah. that in place. And when I do the, the copy edit on the second time after they've made their revisions, I work with them on identifying the publishing path they're going to take. And so that helps them by the time they get their manuscript back from me, they have a written marketing plan and they know how they're going to publish it. So those um those two things think. help people to to get their book into the marketplace and to sell it to readers.
2: We know that, you know, the feline CEO book that you've written, you know, mm-hmm. you're giving people some lessons from the cat's perspective, but from your perspective, what's one thing a cat has taught you to make you a better human? Lynn oh, Thompson. Oh gosh.
3: I think it's to pay attention to things, to listen to things, because cats communicate so differently than dogs. They they're much more subtle sometimes. In their Except for communication. cats and cats Sometimes in you the just air. get a big old tail in the face, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. hilarious. Yeah, they they it requires paying attention to cats to really communicate well with them. I like that. I like that. and tell people
2: once again how they can find you and the Cat Writers Association.
3: Okay, they can find me at thompsonwriting.com and they can find the Cat Writers Association at catwriters.com. All right, I
2: have totally enjoyed you and the appearance by Captain to be (laughs) a guest on our show. And please keep doing what you're doing, Lynn. You're making this a better place for cats and their people. And yeah, dogs too. That's okay, I have both. (laughs) Hey, Pet Pals, that's it for our show today. Again, I want to give special pause up to our guest, American Veterinary Medical Association President, Dr. Lori Teller, and Cat Writers Association President, Lynn Thompson. Big, big, big thanks to all you great radio stations airing our show coast to coast. And until next time, this is your host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two- Three and four leggers out there. Pause up.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A pet.com. And by Dog TV, the first channel created to bring relaxing video and music for dogs. Online at dogtv.com. That's dogtv.com. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs and watch video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com and have a paw week.